And if you think about it, any plant like a rhubarb with a large root system, I mean, what are those roots doing? They're going deep down into the soil and pulling up nutrients. Mm. And you're eating some of that plant, but you're throwing the other part of the plant away. So that right. the plant is mining those nutrients for you. Mm. Hey there, welcome to episode 34 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. And uh, again, uh, we're joined with Greg. How you doing today, Greg? Hey, I'm doing great. Excellent. So we're, we're just coming off, uh, well, as of the time of this recording, um, which today is the 26th of April, uh, but on the 22nd, this past Saturday, we, uh, we did our first uh, sort of trade show. We're not we're not in the habit of doing trade shows. This one just kind of came along and and uh, seemed interesting. So it was the Youth Expo in Brookfield, Nova Scotia. It was all, you know, geared towards getting youth involved in the outdoors. And uh, anyway, I think we I think we fit in okay. How do you how do you think, Greg? Oh yeah, it was a neat experience, and yeah. uh, you know, it uh, it's good to meet some people and talk yeah. about gardening and. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we gained a few viewers, yeah. see how it goes. I think so. There seemed to be uh, a, a decent level of interest. And man, that aquarium with the dirt and soil in it sure worked getting the kids over. Yeah, although they were all uh, kind of uh, felt, uh, disappointed to find there was nothing in it other than dirt and soil. And <laughs> exactly. All. Like, where's the lizard? Where's the tarantula? Yeah, yeah next where's time. The- yeah, next time we'll put next something. Next time we will something put something venomous in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so uh, I think you wanted to kick off with something else, I forget. Oh, well, today uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about planting perennials, and we're going to talk more generally about uh, permaculture, one of the concepts of per- permaculture, uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, and related to that, I guess, uh, I'm gonna, we, I shot a video this week, I'm doing a bit of uh, pro bono work at my... Uh, kids school they've got mm-hmm. a bunch of raised beds there and uh, in, in their guard space and the, the place was sort of out of you know uh, out of uh what's the word what's the <laughs> life way to put it <laughs> well just uh you know the garden needed a facelift let's yeah. put it that way so i went in there and fixed a few things up but also the raised beds weren't um i guess performing mm-hmm. up to snuff i mean there was some leftover kale there and there was kind of pitiful looking five inch high kale plants and that sort of thing yeah and um so I, I told them I'd turn their raised beds into uh, uh, hugelkultur beds, and we're going to do a. I think we might do a planning to do an episode on hugelkultur. That might not be necessary now because mm-hmm. I've done a video on, it, but I didn't really talk about it too much, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about it today. But it's an interesting video of just taking a a raised bed that's not holding on to water very well, and uh, it, the interesting thing. I don't think I talked about this too much in the video, but. Uh, when I was, you know, like that involved digging all the soil out of the raised bed and then putting a bunch of rotten logs and leaves and stuff in there to to provide uh, food for the soil and then mm-hmm. putting the soil back on. But when I was digging that, there was hardly any worms in there at all. Mm. It was just devoid of life, mm. um, which is consistent with the conventional approach to gardening where you treat the soil like a sponge and yeah. you just, you know, feed it nutrients to get to the plants. But instead of treating the soil like a living thing that needs, um, you know, its its own inputs and uh, so, 
Yeah, if you want to, if you if you have raised beds and maybe you want to avoid putting in an irrigation system, uh, uh, culture is. Uh, I mean, we're adapting. Hogaculture is a different uh, sort of thing. It's it's a mound of earth that uh, has uh, rotten logs under it. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that. But anyway, it's 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 adapting. It's finding a way to make the raised. Because some people really like raised beds. Finding a way to make the raised bed work um, without some of the drawbacks that. Uh, that go along with them. I know a lot of people are really excited about raised beds, but uh, in my garden, I'm, I don't have too many of them. I, right. I don't, I'm not as crazy about them as other people are. And I've talked about them in the mm-hmm. past. So again, mm-hmm. ran about it today. Um, yeah. So what are we talking about today? Permaculture. That's the, and then we're going to talk about uh, why perennials are such a great idea and give some examples of uh, perennials that uh, you might want to put in your garden this year. Mm-hmm. We've talked about permaculture before um, on the on the show, and we've talked generally about how it's you're trying to copy systems that work in nature because they work so well, right? Mm-hmm. They're very mm-hmm. they're very efficient. They just maintain themselves. That's why perennials are so important if you're trying to adapt permaculture principles in your garden because. Um, it's a question of efficiency. And when we talk efficiency from a permaculture point of view, we're, we're talking about the ratio of energy in to energy out, right? So right. how many calories went into producing the plant and how many calories did the plant provide for mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. And also what, what other things did the plant provide? Because the plant provides you food, but there's also, you know, the plant can provide uh, uh, rotting material f- to create more soil and, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing, right? And yeah. some plants are better than others at pulling nutrients out of the soil. Um, uh, if you think about conventional gardening, the, the concept of efficiency there is a question of the ratio of uh, yield to space. Right? How much can I get to grow out of this area? Um, and that's one way to look at it. But if you think about if you're using fertilizers or if you're adding soils or if you have a lot of uh, amendments or a lot of inputs or if you've got to till it every year or you're using gasoline for any of that sort of stuff, if you think about the calories burned that went into producing that, then it might not be as efficient relative to the calories you got out. Yeah. Right? Then it might not be as efficient. If you, if you, th- if you think of efficiency in that sense, how many mm-hmm. calories went into it, how many did I get out? Mm-hmm. And even if you're, well, I didn't use a lot of energy. I just bought this and I bought that. Well, if you bought it, you're, you're paying for calories that were burned somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you bought some fertilizer, it was developed at a plant, it was shipped to you, you drove to the place, you drove back with it. Right? There's calories mm-hmm. expended and they just happened to be cheaply bought. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, when we're talking about efficiency, uh, perennials are about as efficient as it gets, right? Because mm-hmm. you plant them once, yeah. whether you're planting from a, a transplant, like we talked about uh, last week with the herbs, or whether you're starting them from seed. Uh, it doesn't get much more efficient than taking a plant, putting it in the ground, and then just being able to harvest that plant for years. Mm-hmm. Maybe even for the rest of you. I mean, different perennials have different lifespans, but some of them can literally provide you food for the rest of your life. Yeah, awesome. So you really can't beat that. And some of them produce uh, mulch, and some of them produce, uh, you know, like if you look and think of something like a rhubarb, which is a perennial, you eat the stems, but you get these huge green leaves that you can throw back in your compost pile, and they just turn back into soil. Mm -hmm. And if you think about any plant like a rhubarb with a large root system, I mean, what are those roots doing? They're going deep down into the soil and pulling up nutrients. Mm. 
and you're eating some of that plant, but you're throwing the other part of the plant away so that the plant is mining those nutrients for you, Mm. right? Instead of you tilling up your soil every year, the plant's pulling the nutrients up deep from beneath the soil where you can't get to it. And then you take the foliage, the part that you don't eat, you put that in your compost, and then you eventually you put that compost back on top of your garden. So it, it's, a, it's it's tilling, right? Yeah. I mean, the, it's way of tilling, but very, very passive. Mm-hmm. No energy, right? You just yeah. take the... Take the you know, take the leaves, the uneaten parts, and throw them in a pile. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years later, you take them from the pile and throw them back on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and, and while they're in that pile, there's all these organisms doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Right? They're the ones mixing it all up and breaking it all down and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, as opposed to having some, you know, plastic thing that you're turning around and around. And, you know, the concept or the idea you might get of, of composting on from a lot of gardening shows is you're, you're going in and you're taking your pitchfork and you're turning it over once a week and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can do all of that, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's called hot composting. But another way to do it is just throw it in a big pile and leave it for – if you've got space, mm-hmm. um, it's way easier just to make a big pile and leave it for a year. Right. And then uh, next year, you know, take take – the broken down part out and whatever's not broken down that goes back in the pile that's to me that's one-stop shopping <laughs> that's yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. uh in this time of year when i'm when i'm planting stuff uh, i like to have a bit of you know top quality fresh screen soil to you know like I'll, I'll dig a little furrow to put my seeds in and then i'll take uh soil out of my compost pile to put over uh the seeds mm-hmm. so i mean where i'm talking i'm putting like half an inch of soil of the seeds so i I uh, put uh, soil from my uh, compost uh, stations in there. Yeah. And it's uh, so little work went into those compost stations. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. just, uh, you know, because I just throw it on and leave it. And I've got them in a, like a three-year rotation. So, I mean, the stuff I was pulling uh, soil out of the other day was a compost pile I made a couple of years ago. and haven't even touched, uh, you know, other than you know, some years I might, uh, grow stuff on top of the compost pile, but I, I you know, anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, oh, another reason that uh, why perennials are so useful is that um, because the soil's never, you know, wherever you're leaving your perennial, the soil's not going to be tilled. Right? You're right. not going to go in there and pull them. You're going to leave them in the ground, so the root systems get bigger every year. It's another reason why they're you know, so successful as plants. Yeah. But also because the soil is not developed, it gets very healthy, right? If you're if you're yeah. mulching that soil, then all the living things in that soil are being left to do do their thing, and so you get uh, great development of mycorrhiza and also just all the different microorganisms in the soil, and all of that really really develops a great relationship with the plant. I mean the uh, I didn't even list that here. The lovage that I planted a couple of years ago, it's it's starting to grow now. Yeah. But that's just an amazing plant for for two ninety nine. You know, you stick that in the ground, and you've got celery for the rest of your life. And yeah. it's just this bizarre looking huge plant. Mm. Um, you know, I'm anticipating five or six feet tall this year. We'll see. Mm. Last year it was three feet tall. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea how how far the roots go under that thing, but mm. you don't get a plant that size without some decent roots. Right. Right. <laughs> so what are we talking about here? What what perennials? I mean, you've got your trees, of course, right? different fruit trees and even um, I don't know where to buy them in Nova Scotia but I've seen 
uh, for sale, um, like walnuts and different. There are different kinds of nut trees that you can grow in Canada. We always think of nut trees as growing in uh, temperate, in more, you know, warmer parts of the, right. the United States. But there are varieties that have been developed um, by, um, you know, tree nurseries uh, in parts of Canada that are hardy to zone for. I would love to put them in my property here, but I don't. Um, the thing about trees uh, is that they're a long-term, some of them extremely long-term. Like I was looking into planting walnuts, and uh, I think it takes eight years to get something mm. out of it. Yeah, and uh, you know, we we don't. I don't know. And you never know how things are going to go. But we don't plan to retire where we live right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we we could, but we can't. That could, that could all change. Who knows? But. Yeah. Um, as of right now, we don't plan to retire here, so I don't want to spend, you know, fifty bucks for a tree that's going to just start be starting to work when I'm about to leave. <laughs> and you can't yeah. bring it with you. You can't yeah. bring a twenty foot tree with you. Right. Um, if you know, if you probably kill it or set it back. Yeah. Um, and all trees like that, they are long term investments. Don't don't you know? Manage your expectations. They they are a great plant because you put it in the ground. You got to. You got to prune it a little bit, but again, even that pruning—that's that's positive because that's giving you material that you can, yeah. you know, throw in your uh, compost pile, or if you cut it small enough, you can just throw it to the ground and leave it to be a, a natural mulch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but but it might take a number of years. And I planted apple trees here in 2012 or 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, the first year I got some a couple, you know, kind of pathetic apples. And then uh, the next year we had that horrific snowstorm, mm. and uh, I got nothing that year. And then uh, last year was even worse. <laughs> so we'll see this year. One of them didn't even uh, bloom. Um, but, but I mean, if you if you listen to the news about um, the apple tree farmers in the valley, sometimes they just have bad years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and when you've only got like, I mean, and when a, when an apple tree orchard has a bad year, it means like, well, our Macintoshes didn't come in, but our, our Cortlands yeah. did. Yeah. You know, but when you've got a backyard and you got four trees, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad year means you get no apples at all because you haven't got hundreds of apple trees. Where yeah. bad well, year and just means you're not, the apple. <laughs> yeah, you're not in you're not in a valley like environment either. No, it's 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 harsh here. So yeah. uh, it can be harsh anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people that watch my videos, it's very hard to do them without some sort of wind. Uh, and and yeah. and my my garden is in the least windy part of my property. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. can be windy. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose if I had a more high tech camera or something like that, our it's microphone okay. aware. So bad. It's but all anyway, good. We work with what we got. Yeah. Uh, so you also got your berry bushes. They're not quite as long term, but even those might take a few years to really start producing. You know, mm-hmm. I planted um, some blueberries here, and they're, they're just starting. I planted my blueberries in 2013, and they're just starting to produce uh, decent. You know, last year I got some half decent blueberries out of them. Um, but that's worth it, right? If you're going to spend, you know, eight dollars, think about what a little. Um, for any of these, just. Think about what it costs to buy that thing, right? If you're you're at the garden center and you see, oh, raspberries, nine dollars. That's a lot, but you get like nine raspberry canes for nine dollars. Mm-hmm. And think about when you're in the grocery store and you want to buy a little yeah. pint of, of six bucks. Yeah, and they don't even taste that good. No, you're right. Some you're variety right. looks like nice and big and fat and red, but they don't they, taste that they, great. They have no taste whatsoever. <laughs> Consequently, like the you know all the berries that I have in my yard here, they taste delicious. Yeah, 
but you have to eat them the day you pick them because right. they look like within a day they look terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. Even in the like if I pick strawberries, they look great. And then the next day they look not as great. And right. by, the, by the day after that, like within two days, they look they're not like, tr- like trash. <laughs> they're compost. <laughs> so I, they, uh, I like eating yeah. them as I pick them. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. They, they normally don't make it in the house, especially yeah. if the kids are around. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so uh, you got those. Now, also in terms of berries, you've got, you know, those kinds of berries. Like st- strawberries is a great – if you haven't planted strawberries before in your garden, designate a, an area in your garden and put them in. You can you cannot go wrong with strawberries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get – if you buy for a very little price at a garden center, you get maybe 20 mm-hmm. – um, they're, they're bare root. Um, strawberries and you're not planting seeds or like a bare root sort of thing you put those in the ground and you know if you're lucky you'll get strawberries that year not if you plant june bearers if you plant june bearing strawberries you're going to have to wait till the subsequent year till Mm -hmm. the following june right Mm -hmm. but if you plant the kinds i did which were ever bearing mine were called seascape um i had strawberries uh intermittently throughout the summer and then in the fall i had a pretty good harvest Mm -hmm. Um, in the in year one, right, yeah. and they keep coming back every year. So, yeah. um, strawberries are just a great perennial. I mean, a- anything where I I have a garden, I plant something in it, and they don't don't have to keep doing that every yeah. year. And the plant yeah. gets bigger, and and the plant gets bigger and better every yeah. year. Yeah, that's efficiency. Less work for me. You know, think of what I'm putting into what I'm getting out. Awesome. Also, strawberries. I mean, they 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 colonize, right? So if you buy ten, the next year you've got twenty. The next year you've got thirty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you give them to your friends. You can yeah. you know be generous with them if, if yeah. you, you know. So they're just a great plant. Um, but other plants besides herbs, like we talked about last week, you've got rhubarb. And again, rhubarb will take a number of years to really get going. And, mm-hmm. and the first couple of years, don't harvest. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lovage, like I mentioned before, this sort of large celery-like thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, asparagus is a great one. Uh, you can buy them as seeds or you can buy them as, uh, they're like a transplant. Mm. When you buy a transplant in a garden center of asparagus, you've got a, a bunch of baby asparagus in a bag with some soil and they're about a year old. Mm. But even then, once you plant them, you're going to have to wait two or three or maybe even four years before. Uh, if you read online, it'll say two to three years, but it might take more than that. It really depends on your situation, uh, your soil, your your growing conditions, and so on. I put mine in a pretty lousy corner of my garden, as, as soil wise. So uh, this will be your, I think, year three. Also, I bought mine like when they were on sale because they were half dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I probably yeah. year year two was probably more like year one. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was a great. If you like asparagus, and they're not cheap. No. Uh, uh, you get you plant a lot of them. It, it's it's almost worth your while to plant them from seeds because it's going to take a number of you. You know, if you're impatient, then just don't get them. Um, but if yeah. you've got the patience for asparagus, get the seeds. Just wait an extra year, but you can plant. You can have a whole patch, mm. and you're going to have this wonderful period of time in in May ish, um, or it could be it could be April, depending on the year and where you live and your microclimate and all that sort of stuff. I know I I grew asparagus when I lived in the valley. I, I, the house I bought there had asparagus growing in the yard, so uh, you know I I did what I could to improve the situation with the asparagus, but I had a lot of it, and uh, it tastes so much different than the uh, grocery store asparagus. Uh, mm-hmm. When I had it from my garden, I would eat it raw. All the time. I mm. never. I would never. It would never even make it into the house. Mm. Uh, if if I was working in my garden and I saw a little asparagus poking up through the ground, 
it was just it was like someone, like someone to put a plate of cookies out there like <laughs> you can't stay away from that yeah. um so uh yeah it's totally if you have the patience because when you plant that it's going to take a while yeah. um and this year so i've got some that i, I planted from uh, transplants but uh, i'm going to get some seeds and plant even more yeah um and, and that's knowing that it's going to take four to five years for those to be anything i can even eat yeah um it's but worth it's it. worth it because they're like for for a buck 99 you can have like you know eventually you're going to have uh wonderful asparagus once a year yeah uh, great plant. Uh, awesome. Another one is uh, called the. Uh, some people call this the Jerusalem artichoke, mm-hmm. uh, or some people call it a sun choke. I don't know why it's called the Jerusalem artichoke. It's it's native to North America. Mm. <laughs> when the explorers came here, the Weird. you know the indigenous people taught them about. So it's it's a plant that's related to the. Um, uh, I think the daisy. Um, yeah, it's got this big uh, root that looks like uh, the root looks like ginger root. Okay, but it's not. It doesn't taste like ginger root at all. So it's a, it's a, a tall mm. yellow yellow daisy like flower, and underneath the soil it produces these brown roots that kind of look like ginger root. Mm. Um, and you just take those and peel them and you cut them up and eat them and they they have a texture and flavor not not unlike a, a water chestnut. Oh, cool! And this is all based on what I've read. I've never grown them. Mm. Um, but I'm going to plant them. My plan is to plant them this year because mm. I want to have more perennials in my garden. So you put those in the ground and those roots just, the rise, the part you're eating is the rhizome, right? right. It's just this big root thing that grows underground and that doubles or triples every year. Wow. Uh, so, you know, around the fall you just go dig up the you know some of them uh and leave some others in the ground right. it can't can't be evasive so you have to be careful when you're mm-hmm. planting it uh, mm-hmm. you know i mean the solution to it is to try to get all the roots out except a few yeah yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. it's right. as far as i understand it's hardy to zone three so right. we're fine okay uh but yeah you don't want it to take over your garden mm. um but i mean there's different kinds of invasive plants an invasive plant i can eat is not as much of a problem right yet. right invasive right. that I can't eat. Right. So, um, and there's also this one I'm going to try this year. I bought this online. I don't know where to get it, um, but it's called sea kale, and mm-hmm. it's a perennial form of kale that, uh, well, I mean, it, it tastes like kale, but I'm looking at the seeds right now, and it, they look like coriander seeds, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, but they resemble. They're mm-hmm. the same size. Mm-hmm. But it's this plant that's supposed to uh, uh, tastes like kale and it's supposed to come back every year like, like a rhubarb mm-hmm. rhubarb like in the sense that it keeps coming back um, so I'm really excited to try this uh, we'll see if it if I can even get it to germinate but <laughs> uh, if anyone uh, out there uh, has tried sea kale before uh, by all means uh, let us know how yeah. it worked out. Uh, I'd love to yeah. know if someone in, in this area uh, and this zone has successfully mm-hmm. got them going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's others as well, but there's just a handful that yeah. uh, people might uh, might be interested in trying this year. Mm. Um, you can't beat, uh, you know, the more perennials you have in the garden, the less work you're going to have to do. I mean, it's got to be stuff you like. I'm going to try the sun chokes. If I don't like eating them and my yeah. wife and my kids don't eat them, I mean, why would I? I'm going to just, yeah. you know, maybe I'll, I'll put them somewhere else because it's a pretty impressive flower. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, I mean, no one here likes them, then yeah. I, I don't, don't believe, and I've never understood people that 
will have a big garden and then half the food gets thrown away because mm. they find out they don't like, you know, plant the things yeah. you like to. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Plant once and harvest for years, that is, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. That sounds good. So, uh, excellent. And, of course, if you are looking for a place to pick up some these are transplants we're talking about, right? Usually, some or seeds, yeah, or seeds. Some if, of these things would be at Kent, not all yeah, of them. Yeah. And I have not. I'll be honest; I have not gone and looked to see which they have and which. I mean, they. Uh, oh, one I didn't mention is a uh, uh, radicchio. Now I'm growing radicchio for the first time ever this year. I'm growing a garden in my backyard mm-hmm. that I'm calling the kale salad garden. Nice. <laughs> have an episode on that but yeah. one of the ingredients in kale you know those bags of salad is radicchio mm. apparently uh radicchio is a perennial mm. from what i'm reading anyway so when you cut the head off um if you just leave that part of the ground alone it'll come back the next year so i'd be interested to see if that's the case because that would be i would grow i like radicchio so is that like a radish no radicchio is a uh, it looks like a red cabbage, I guess. Oh, okay. But it's not cabbage. It's. Uh, oh, I think I've eaten it in one of the other salads I, I bought. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's nice. It's, it's got a strong flavor. So you you wouldn't eat a bowl of radicchio. Right. You right. Add it to yeah. stuff to, to impart okay. flavor. But it really it's very good for you. The apparently the roots go quite deep, so mm. it it's very. Uh, uh, mineral dense, yeah, and uh, really good for you. Nice. And the notion of having it for, you know, planting it once and not having mm. a plant, I would, I hope that's the case. Cool, that would that would be great. Awesome, yeah. very good, very good. Yeah, once again, um, thanks uh, for all that info, Greg, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah, special thanks to our podcast partner, Kent Building Supplies. So if you need gardening supplies or seeds or transplants check out your local kent i think that does it yeah all right so uh that does it for this week everybody take care and we will catch you on the next one thanks for listening thank you bye-bye